cars. Welcome to the Talk and Shed podcast with your host, Adam Finnick, where we talk all things farm equipment. Tune in as we interview farmers, industry leaders, and talk about our own dealership story. Follow along as we talk about topics like cover crops, nutrient placement, and things that make your farm and every farm across the country different. You're listening to the Talk and Shed podcast, and thank you for tuning in. Well, here we are today. Uh, it is creeping up on the end of September. Cody, what's today's date? Today is the 29th. I was going to say you should remember that because yesterday would have been your birthday. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you should not have forgotten that. So how old are you? I'm 29. Cody's 29, almost 30. Well, today um, Cody and I are out and about doing a lot of different things. Uh, this morning we started off... Um, on a service call we had to go winterize a guy's sprayer pole type sprayer uh, that we put a new pump and some stuff on down around uh, I don't know like southeast of our sales Covington yeah Covington region and then we had to go work on a BBI spreader up in Van Wert had a problem with a sensor on the uh, the bed chain on yep. a BBI the gear case gear case we had yep. some issues there um, called BBI and got it tackled. Just stopped at the tool shop in Van Wert to get some tools for the uh, service trucks. And now we're heading to go look at some trades over here in Indiana around Monroeville. Yep. yep. Um, so we're throughout our drive today. We thought it'd be a great time to uh, record a podcast. It's been a while since we've done one. Um, a lot of things are going on right now. Um, it's been a while since just you and me done one. It's been a long time. Yeah. Really long time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of good things. You know, uh, talking to guys, we're just starting to get into harvest. You know, I got pockets in southern Indiana. Guys are running. Um, around home in Mercer County, there's not much going on. You know, guys have chopped silage, start, starting to haul some manure, maybe some wheat going in. Uh, but most guys are kind of chomping at the bit to really get into this stuff and and see what it's like. Yeah, there are some guys fooling around, and um, I sold a gentleman a BBI spreader, and he had cut some beans. Couldn't tell you what they were running exactly to say, but uh, I know they were shelling some corn there and cutting some beans, but they're like usually the first ones in the fields every year anyway, so they'll dry her down and get her to where it needs to be. Well, whenever you've got acres to cover, you know, you can't always just wait on that stuff to get dry. Right. You invest in, in a dryer so that you can start early, start biting at those acres, um, and that way you can get going. Not only get some wheat in the ground so that then you can harvest the wheat early so that then you can get the beans in the ground quick for double crops. But, right. um, yeah, so we're right on the beginning edge of harvest, and I think this harvest is going to be – there's a lot of suspense built up on this harvest because we were so dry in June. You know, we had pineapple corn, and then all of a sudden it rained just perfect. We got great rain in August. The beans ought to be good, but guys are still wondering, how is it going to be? You know, are we going to have real good beans, or what are we going to see? So I think guys just cannot wait to get in there because it, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah, and 
you know, the guys, the guy's place that we were at today working on the BBI spreader, he, uh, he said that there were a couple of guys running up by, uh, I believe Delphus, and he said that it was just yielding phenomenal. He said anywhere from like 230, 240. Nice. So that's, for those of you guys that don't know where Delphus is, basically from Coldwater, probably about a north, probably about an hour north and east of us is where Delphus is roughly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking we're, there's going to be plenty of that size corn. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, so, yeah, things have progressed well. Um, so that's where we're at with harvest. It's a great time of year. We're getting ready to do a bunch of demos, south for demos, maybe some strip till demos. But it, it's a really fun time. We get to meet with customers that have maybe, uh, you know, they've been really wondering what things have been like. Maybe we sold them some tools to help them gain yield, and we're going to hear some feedback here in the next couple months. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, you know, just trying to understand the concept of uh, where guys are really wanting to be, you know. With, you know, for us as salesmen, I think, you know, we've got a lot of things in the pipeline. Uh, guys are just holding off until they really see what they're going to be bringing home as far as that corn crop. Uh, you know, guys are starting to see that, and so guys are starting to pull the trigger on some things, and which, you know, especially on the Salford side, Salfords are awfully hard to get your hands on right now, but, uh, you know, we still have them coming, and we've got some available, but... It's just a matter of you know guys that are waiting to pull the trigger they want to make sure that that's the tool that they want to do because it is a big investment what do you think's been the most popular item for us in the last two months oh. you know we talk devastators we talk closing wheels what's it been for me it's been devastators um you know and why why are guys jumping to those you know just the the amount of you know, one, price increases of tires. You know, guys are definitely wanting to go out there and save tires. But, you know, that's not even really the big thing that we really focus on with the Devastator. We're more worried about, uh, you know, the residue breakdown that those things create. And whenever those things can create that residue breakdown, you know, it, it's ending up uh, saving some guys some tillage passes. Yeah, and I would agree. The it used to be a lot of guys were really wanting to get out and run tillage tools over those corn stalks right after the combine ran and get a jump start on breakdown uh, but i tell guys a lot of times a great program that i've seen is just run the devastator on your corn head let it do the residue breakdown work uh, because that is the toughest time to ever try to manage residue it's when it's at its strongest point so you go out there and do some tillage well you either have to do one of two things you either have to completely bury the residue to where it can never blow that's fine and dandy but when you do that you are setting yourself up to likely have to do an additional pass so right. we're already up to two whereas with the devastator and, and the reason you know why you would have to bury it completely is so that you don't blow the other thing you can do is you can just run a vertical tillage tool. Mm -hmm. Well, you can pick any color tillage tool, red, green, 
blue, orange. orange. Yeah. And you run it in the fall alone by itself, you're going to get some blowing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I tell guys, just run the Devastator. Let it crimp the stalks. Break them open so that weather and microbes and moisture can get in there over the winter. And then do your management of the stalks in the fall or in the spring. Hit them once with a vertical tillage tool like a Salford, and you're planting corner beans. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we, we preach that. Uh, well, and it's not a sales pitch. It's a program that I've seen work for guys, and I've had guys call me just tickled pink at how a devastator investment of $6,000 saved them having to cover, you know, 2,500 acres of corn ground in the fall. Right. Yeah, and, you know, you're already doing that pass anyway because you got to harvest your corn. Right. And, you know, you're not out there burning fuel. You know, it's not like we're going out there and taking an 875 and burying that stuff. Right. You know, that's a, one, you need a big tractor to do that. And two, it eats up a lot of fuel too. So. Yeah. Another piece that's been extremely popular is the BBI spreaders. Yeah. Yeah, those things have been on fire here recently. Well, and I think it's it's several reasons. Number one, guys are wanting to take control over what they're doing on their operation. Not only do a, a, a quality job, but they want to be able to do it in a timely fashion yeah. when, you know, on their watch, not necessarily the co-op's watch. Right. Yep. And so not only can I think they do a more quality job, but when with inputs priced the way they are, they can do variable rate. They can do a lot more things uh, that long term of a spreader, a BBI spreader, makes a lot of sense on the investment side. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everybody's hard up for guys to work, you know, nowadays, and the co-ops are definitely seeing that, and it's reflecting as far as what kind of job the co-ops are able to do. And so guys are going out and buying their own spreaders because they just can't rely on the co-op because they're not getting spread when they want to. I mean, you know, how important is P and K, you know, whenever you're going in and planting a wheat field, you know, as far as getting some volatiles to that to that wheat plant. So, yeah. you know, that that's definitely something that I think is uh, very crucial to guys, and that's where it's kind of been leading us down as far as this path of guys buying BBI spreaders here recently. Yeah, th- those have been very popular. And, you know, spreading lime, spreading fertilizer this fall, just being able to take control of that pass. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing more and more of that. Guys are wanting to take control of their liquid side and, and get on farm storage. Um, you know, farmers are wanting to uh, have everything on farm be able to go hook up to their own spreader, go pull their own liquid fertilizer out of their own tank, and uh, just be a, a, a you know self-sufficient farm. And uh, that... I think it, it saves a lot of money, saves a lot of time, and uh, time's the big thing. So yeah, devastators yeah. and spreaders have been good. Um, as most of you know, Farm Science Review was just there, uh, was it last week, I guess? Yeah. Last week, yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Walk us through that, Cody. Um, yeah, so you know, every year we go down to Farm Science. Uh, we did a couple of demos and whatnot. Sorry, we hit a bump there. And uh, you know, it was, it was good. It was good to see a lot of our customers there, um, kind of like a meet and greet deal, but 
still a lot of guys interested in, in some stuff. Uh, we demoed a strip till tool. Uh, it would be the Maverick unit from Yetter is what we demoed. And we were pulling an ST10 cart back behind it. Um, and then we also demoed the Salford BRT tool, which uh, one of our, well, actually your customer. Triple uh, K. Yeah, Triple K let us use for farm science. So that was awfully nice of them. So. Yeah, shout out to Triple K yeah. if they're listening. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. They drove that tractor and, and tool down there, let us use it for the week. And uh, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed. That, that was sweet. Yeah, that was awesome. So... Yeah, we were demoing that. Uh, that's a 30-footer, right, Adam? Yep. Yeah, so... Took every one of them 460 <laughs> horses in that tractor <laughs> yeah, to get yes, that thing did. going, but it, it put on a great demo. Yeah, it did. And uh, for those of you that don't know what the VRT is, that is the new tool from Salford that has the adjustable modules. I always want to say gangs, but it's modules because, it's each, gang. because each blade is independent still. That's right. So... Um, but uh, basically you're able to go from I think what is it two two degrees all the way up to 14 degrees yep as far as changing the pitch of your modules and so uh, that thing is a very versatile tool especially whenever you can adjust your gang angles or module angles yep. so you had to did it yeah again. you know the farm science review uh, it's great for us you know we don't go there looking to to sell the farm at the show yeah we go there to uh put products in front of the customers and uh and really to meet and greet customers mm -hmm. uh, we have a large booth space it's outdoors usually the weather's pretty favorable we have our trailer there we cook some food we have water in the coolers and we just try to <clears throat> try to make it a great time to meet with with a lot of customers and that's our only goal uh, just get customers in the booth, talk to them, and if they have something that they want us to help them out with, it's a great time to talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I had some guy. I had a guy come in. Hey, you know, this is a nice BBI spreader. Why don't you come out and look at mine? We might trade. And so you know that there on Monday, I went and looked at a spreader. Mm -hmm. And so it's just great. You know, you see farmers that you don't always get to see. Um, it's a local show. Um, so for us, it was great. You know, I know people talked a lot about some of the empty booths when you're walking around, but I think we're going to continue to be there for a while. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we uh, did demos. I don't know that we're going to continue to do the demos. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. We're not going to do demos anymore. Um, just, it, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of investment. And, uh we had great demos yeah um but just the amount of manpower it takes to go out there during the show and then you come back from being out in the field for two and a half hours and they say well uh so and so was here to see you yeah and you smith, here. smith farms were here yeah. they wanted to talk to you about something and well you were out in the field doing demos right so so we're not going to do that um we're just going to focus on meeting and talking with our customers within our booth and helping them out yeah because i mean a lot of our customers i mean we don't even really get to meet unless we you know see them there at the farm picking it up or you know uh, at least a lot of my customers are that way i had multiple guys come up and you know wanted to put a name to the face type deal uh you know i sold a rotary hoe to a guy and he was there he was actually a vendor there he was helping with uh, first choice seeds shout out to chris linville if you're listening 
Um, yep. But uh, Southern uh, Shelbyville, Indiana. Yeah, Shelbyville, Indiana. Yep. So, yeah, shout out to him. Um, we were in the booth, and he's like, "Hey, I'm Chris Linville, blah blah blah." You know, so it's a, it's always good to put a name to a face, especially whenever all you do is you're just talking to him on the phone. Right. So. Yeah, so overall, you know, Farm Science was, was a great show. It's kind of a kickoff to harvest for us. Um, typically, you know, it's still 85 degrees out then, but this year uh, it was hot one day and freezing cold the next. Um, but, yeah, it's a great kickoff to harvest. So that's kind of what's been going on lately. We haven't done a podcast since we have announced the big news. Uh big news what are you talking about (laughs) cody we're moving locations oh well yeah that yep uh fenny equipment at Coldwater, ohio um is going to be moving north and west about four miles um it's a big deal we're excited about it um you know as we've grown over the years if you if you sit back and zoom out from our shop and our farm and I say farm, a lot of people don't even really know that at one time that was just a small working farm. Um, back when I was growing up, Mike raised some hogs. He had, I think, hogs on contract there, feeding them out of those noisy packs feeders. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up getting some cattle and we ended up needing a bigger barn. And so we built what we have today, but none of that was even remotely geared towards selling in servicing customers in the farm equipment business so it wasn't until after we built those buildings that we started selling so as you can imagine we quickly outgrew what we had and so today we need a lot more shop space we have got seven guys in the shop doing service and just not enough square footage for everyone to stretch out and get the jobs done that they need to get done so Wabash Garage down the road um, they ended up selling uh, some time went by, we went and looked at it, kicked it around, said no on it about three times, I think, and, and then yes, and then no, and then I think finally they, Ryan and, and Dad and, and the guys made the jump, and uh, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. The amount of square footage that is offered for the shop back there. Yeah, under roof square footage is... Unbelievable. I, I looked it up on Onyx and I measured it. It's 160 east and west yeah. and 90 north and south. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big barn. And uh, it's it's wide open. There's a 10-ton overhead crane up top, yep. remote controlled, of course. And uh, it's it's pretty sweet. We cannot wait to get in there and, uh, and start working. So there's offices... And, uh, but yeah, that's the big news. Now, when are we going to be in there? I don't know. It's going to be a while. We want to make sure it's right. We need to, uh, make some of the garage doors bigger in the shop to fit some equipment in there. Um, there's a lot of things we're going to have to do, uh, before we can physically get in there. Yeah. That's definitely the, uh, part of the mystery that we're not sure what's going to happen. I yet. think it's going to so, be next year. I, I think, would hope so. I think you know we're going to have we're going to have a field day next year, like a big full blown field day. Um, you know, like one we had four years ago, and I think it would be really cool to do a field day and like an open house at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like go have the field day in the morning, 
and then and then uh you know in the evening go uh have the open house have everyone go eat lunch at the new in the new shop yeah and uh i think that would that would work out pretty well mm-hmm. but uh we'll we'll see so next july august is i i think whenever we might be able to slip in there and and get some things um you won't be able to tell it on the podcast but cody and i just made a uh a stop to look at a trade um a potential trade for an applicator from the show that we were just talking about the farm the, science review. the ohio farm farm science review we yeah. drove up over here we mentioned we were driving um we podcast in between stops to remain efficient and uh we got to the guy's farm uh he was just pulling in behind us with his combine or his uh, semi and we went and looked at the trade so we're on our way back home now but uh again that's what the farm show can do you know you talk with customers talk about what they want and then we talk about what we can offer and so we just went and looked at his trade and we'll see what happens out of it but it's five o'clock now we're still over here in indiana we'll get home by about 5 30 5 45 um make our wives real happy yeah and uh just in time for them to call us and wonder where the heck we've been all day yep pretty much so um but yeah you know uh farm show was great we talked about popular uh products and how excited we are about the uh about the new move um We've got, uh, you know, we did a, an episode with Corbin yeah. there early on up at Nova. Yeah. Uh, Corbin's working out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's learning learning the ways of, of uh, the sales force. Yep. So he's uh, he's doing it. He's getting one out, knocking on doors, definitely getting uh, getting some attraction. Moving and shaking. Yeah, shaking uh, shaking them trees. Yep. Uh, Corbin's up there with the Nova team. So up there, Nova, we've got Corbin, Seth, uh, Tammy, and Jake. And uh, things are moving up there. It, it's it's really heavy Salford equipment up there. You know, a lot of guys, yeah. well, Seth sold Salford for years up there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tools up there. There's a lot of uh, farmers up there, good farmers. And uh, it's a good area to be at, and, and we're happy with, with where Nova is today um but yeah we have a lot of guys looking uh into harvest the guy that we just left um he planted with a 16 row corn planter for 22 years the same one yeah 22 years but over the years of course he improved it first with active air down force and then e sets and then v sets and then delta force and by the end of it uh, he had that thing punching corn in the ground awfully, awfully accurately. But, uh, you know, like he was talking, they've got to cover uh, 2,000 acres of corn, and doing that with a 40-foot machine, um, you know, it gets tough. Mm-hmm. And so they went with a 24-row. Well, their side dresser is 40, and they want to stretch out, match their planter with the side dresser, and go 60. So, yep. um we looked at trading in his 40-foot applicator on a, a new 60. So yeah. we're going to point him towards the J&M route on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been yeah. a long-time customer of J&M. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I, like I always say, I'm partial to him, not only with the quality, but I think the value's there. And yeah. they're just down the road. Yeah, and, you know, J&M's just very well known for their impeccable 
impeccable service. So uh, it was kind of a win-win situation. He said he, I think he said he bought his first grain cart off of them back in, uh, oh, I think he said the late 80s, and he's bought grain carts from them ever since. So it's, uh, you know, he's he's built a bond there with the J&M. He knows the J&M name. So we'll see if we can't get him into one. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll see what happens uh, out of that. But, um, you know, as, as we're driving around, you know, today, we've we've kind of done some sales, but mostly service. But we're, we're kind of always doing both. You yeah. and I, we're always selling and we're always servicing, mm-hmm. but they go hand in hand. When we're out servicing, we're selling because, uh, but in, in a second hand, because we're proving our knowledge and our ability to keep the customers running. Yeah. And and when it comes to make that next purchase, they're going to keep that in mind. Say, okay, Fennig's, you know, they, they can keep me up and running. They're going to come out here. Right. And and fix any issue right they don't they don't look at you like a used car salesman and it's like oh man you sold me a, a, a junker right you know so that's always a good reassurance and like you said you know on the selling standpoint it helps us learn the product too i think uh you know especially for me i'm creeping up on two years you know working for you guys and it's uh working out really well and the knowledge that i've gained is you know astronomical you know through the roof i I can't replace it so well i think uh a a really good salesman is also a really good service tech yeah i agree Um, because you know you can help the customer you can be really quick at throwing out quotes you can you know get back with the customer and answer your phone every time but if you don't know how many impulses per revolution or how to calibrate that cover crop seeder or how to set the tillage tool that you said it sold him uh you know i think you need to look at that a little bit so i try to stay uh, i I try to to do more service than than sales just so that way i know products um you know customers can call me and ask me my opinion and i can effectively tell them my experiences with uh with certain products that farmers have had whether it was good or bad and kind of help point them in the direction to help their farm be successful yeah definitely when when you're selling cody what's your favorite part of of selling you know you sold devastators you said a lot lately you know guys call in what you know they end up putting it on their head and and two weeks later they call you or you call them they ask them how they like it what a lot goes on there yeah um you know for me i think it's just the gratitude that they give to you as far as a salesman like you know you you've sat there you've worked to try to get them talked into something then they pull the trigger and then uh just hearing their success of what they had with that uh piece of equipment that you sold them and they thank you for it you know that's that's one piece that i think is the most important to me is just somebody that is able to come up to me and they're like man thank you for you know reaching out to me and getting getting me into that product it's you know uh, how many times have you heard you know that that product saved my farm yeah you know not necessarily saved my farm but it's helped me be a more efficient farmer yeah say yeah that's that's my favorite part of it well it takes a lot of trust from the farmer yeah you know a lot of times they're looking at products that maybe their neighbor runs Mm -hmm. or 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 this or that or they saw a video on it 
and and they call up and they're willing to take the risk and and see how it's going to work on their farm yep and and you're you're telling them hey you know i think it's going to work i've seen it work i think it can save you this amount of time or this amount of money make you more efficient and uh they stick their neck out and then the next time you talk to them it worked yeah and they tell you that it worked and Mm -hmm. and pretty soon um you become a resource for them uh as kind of not a salesman of iron but as a person who can provide solutions yeah whether and, and give them an honest opinion too you know whether whether they need something lasered out on our plasma table or they need a piece welded or they need something custom manufactured or they need poly twisters from yetter or a salford tool yep. you just become the resource or the the provider of solutions yeah the the guy that doesn't say no yep you know the, the salesman that that doesn't say we can't do that right um that that's what i I strive to be for a lot of farmers is just the guy that they call when when they need something you know we I think of our Kimball Midwest uh, Vivian that comes into our shop yep. every other Wednesday yep. and she goes through our shop looks at our paint cans and our our hydraulic fittings and to make sure that we're good and she just on her own without even saying anything to anyone orders us what we need and they show up UPS the next day well I think that's how we need to be um, you know just not bothering people just showing them that we are here to serve them and if they need something they can call up and and we can help them as fast as we possibly can yep and uh so yeah i I think that's that's a cool part being able to help a guy uh move his operation forward Um, because you know you look at all the farmers out there they're all trying to become more efficient grow more with less and i think we offer a lot of the tools to do so yeah yeah, absolutely. And when, whenever you can sit down and be real with a guy, too, I think that's another aspect of what I like so much about it. You know, you just don't steer them down a different, you know, steer them down a path where they don't necessarily need to go. And you sell them that solution and it's successful and it helps them be a successful farmer. That's basically that would be my summary of what it means to me to do that. Right. So. Yeah, so that's, you know, that that's what we try to strive for with all the sales guys. I, you know, I tell them, you know, just go out there, help the customers, and and the sales will come. Um, if you can help them be beneficial, mm-hmm. um, the sales are going to come. So, yeah, yeah, the, uh, you know, this time of year, as we're creeping into fall, we're getting ready to do a bunch of demos. Yeah. Um, yep. Hopefully, there's some farmers that are, that are. Uh, you know, going to have enough time in between harvests and hauling manure and spreading fertilizer uh, to do some demos, but the weather is going to dictate a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but of course, on the demo side, it's going to be from the Salford lineup. What What would you say is uh, is your favorite Salford tool today to demo? Um, to demo? Yep. It. I would say it's got to be the twelve hundred. Okay. Still yeah granted in the fall it doesn't do a whole lot but just knowing how successful that tool is uh it just it puts it up there for me yeah to demo i i think for me it would have to be the 5200 yeah just because uh 
I love pulling that into a field. Um, turn it be- black. Because you know dang well you're going to turn it black and you're mm-hmm. going to make his tractor squat. Yeah. And uh, when you go to go out on a demo, if you can make his tractor burn some fuel, you're, you're doing a good demo. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. If, if they're wishing they had a bigger tractor, the demo's going well. Yep. So I always love towing around the 5200s in the fall, burying all that residue. Now, the 5200, though I do really like that tool, it's not necessarily my favorite Salford tool just because it's not quite as versatile as some of the others. My favorite's still the 1200. Right. Um, The VRT's starting to grow on me. But the 1200, there's nothing better than selling a 1224 or a 1231. Yeah. Um, You know that's a tool um, that is going to be on that farm for decades. Yeah, I mean, you look at all the 570s that we trade in, and you look at the paint. I mean, guys had those for years, and they had them for a long time, and it is because they were able to, you know, be successful, and they still use that technology today. You know, now it's a little bit more beefed up, and they've made some modifications to it based off of farmers' opinions, and, you know, I, I think it's a pretty successful tool for us. Right. Um yeah just a few months ago we talked a lot about all the inventory that we had and mainly on the Salford side but we're starting to, to run out now again you know the lead times are kind of they haven't caught up with us because we're still okay but you know we're almost out of BBI spreaders yeah we have one BBI spreader in cold water yeah well two it's not, we only have one Liberty in cold water oh there's a trooper back there's there? a trooper there okay yeah. so there's two of them um, but I don't know what we have up at Nova, but it was not too long ago we had 10 of them, and uh, we won't see another one until February. Yeah, we were all scratching our heads like, are we ever going to move these things? You know, but obviously that has changed. <laughs> well, so. yep, and we're going to keep on top of it. We probably have 15 or 20 BBIs ordered right now, Yeah, including yep. that new Big Magnus Spread Plus for oh, those of you. Yeah. For those of you listening who are wanting to get real serious, there's some turkeys. Yeah. Huh. Or wild turkeys. We're over here in Wilshire. Two jakes. Yep. Kind of fighting uh, over here in Wilshire, Ohio, along the river. Uh, two turkeys. You just don't see that very often over here around our neck of the woods. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, we've got the Magnus Spread Plus on order. I'm really excited to see that thing. Yeah. Um, that's the beast of the beast from from the Salford BBI world of uh, spreaders. Yeah, that thing is a tank. 20-foot box. Yep, 20-foot box, 20-ton. Can spread fertilizer, what? 120. 120 and lime at, is it 80? 80. Yeah. Yeah, that thing is a is a tank yep. for sure. Big old tires on it. Take a tractor. Big tractor to pull that thing, that's for sure. Yeah, But so um, there's a guy running. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a guy running right there in Wilshire. Yep. Taking off corn. But, uh, yeah, we're excited with what we have coming. Um, we actually have some guys in the shop right now uh, down at the new shop at Wabash Garage. They're putting together Y-Drop toolbars. Yeah. Uh, piecing yep. those together. They couldn't wait to use that overhead crane. So oh, yeah. we put them down there, and, and they're putting those together, and they couldn't be happier right now. I don't know if they'll ever come back into our little shop. Yeah, I know. It, it's uh going to be hard to get them away from there that's for sure yep 
Y-Drop toolbars are moving. We're building them right now. Um, that's a product that we're pretty dang proud of. We, we started from scratch on that unit and it's came a long way. We've made a lot of improvements and uh, today it's a product that uh, is awesome. Um, guys that run them absolutely love them. Mm -hmm. It makes Y-Dropping a lot more efficient and um, it, it's one of my favorite favorite products. Yeah, we sell quite a few of them. Yep. We're coming up here on the Wilshire Dairy Queen and if it wasn't uh, after 5 o'clock, you, you can know dang well we'd be stopping. Oh yeah, we'd be getting milkshake for Cody'd sure. Cody would be getting his two milkshakes for sure. Two milkshakes? Easy. <laughs> Cheese them. But, uh, um, yeah, so after Farm Science Review, you pretty much slam right into harvest and uh, I was talking uh, we saw some guys, well, we saw some wheat growing already. Yeah. This yeah, morning. Yeah, we were down there, what, by Osgood? Yeah, yeah. Osgood. Mm -hmm. And there was some wheat growing. I know there's some guys planting wheat. There's some guys wishing they were planting wheat. But overall, um, you know, we're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, you shouldn't have brought up that Dairy Queen. I was trying to, like, look away from it so that way I wouldn't crave a chocolate and banana milkshake. Yeah. That's... Man, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, I know where you're stopping on the way home. <laughs> um, what are you trying to say? The, Jeez. You know, Farm, <clears throat> farm Science Review, we were talking about that. We talk a lot about the show and the demos, mm -hmm. but the best part about Farm Science Review is hanging out with Lee and Worley yep. after the show. Yep. Lee. You better not forget about Dave. Well, Dave, yeah, yeah. but we see him all the time. Right. And he doesn't listen to his podcast, so it don't no, matter. he don't. Yeah. But um, Lee, Lee's from Georgia. Yeah. And for you avid listeners, then you already heard the podcast with Lee that we did at Louisville. Mm -hmm. Lee, he knows his stuff. He's a yes. spreader guy at heart, uh, but he's the sales uh, manager for the United States for Salford BBI. And uh, good dude. Knows his stuff. He's sharp. And he comes to the uh, Farm Science Review every year. It's one of the only two times we get to really hang out with Lee, that mm -hmm. and the Louisville Farm Show. Um, <clears throat> it's a heck of a time. Um, you know, after the show, we, we go grab dinner. We stay there at the Deer Creek Lodge, Yep. Uh, which is just down the road, maybe 25 minutes from the Farm Science Review. Mm -hmm. It's a real nice, quiet place to stay um, and, uh, and hang out just talk yeah. you know all day at the show we're talking with customers and then after the show we get to just sit back and and talk about everything else yeah the camaraderie is unmatched it's there. a blast the, yeah. the best part is just getting everyone together yeah you know seth and tammy and jake and mm -hmm. corbin everyone and kevin and uh and then we got whirly yeah whirly comes in from illinois with yetter yeah. um we see him at a lot of the farm shows you know indiana yep um Fort Wayne. Uh, well, he doesn't go. Did he go to Fort Wayne uh, last year? No, I don't think he's a Fort Wayne guy. I don't think he is. Um, yeah. But it's a heck of a time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got this thing set up right now uh, where we're going to go deer hunting with Worley this fall. Yeah, or at least try to. We're going to try to. Yep. And I've been pushing it for a long time. When I first met Worley, Jeff Worley, was at the Fort Wayne Farm Show probably about 15 years ago. And uh, I sat there and talked to him for hours and hours about deer hunting. And uh, he deer hunts, I deer hunt, 
Cody deer hunts, but we have never deer hunted together ever. And uh, so finally this year, I said, we're going to make it a point. Either I'm going to Illinois or he's coming to Ohio. Yeah. And we're going to deer hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, pumped about it. Well, we're trying to get your dad roped into it, too. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. But (laughs) um, it's almost October 1st, and we need to get our stuff together. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. But that's seeing keep seeing all these guys killing these big bucks and I'm like, man, it makes me want to get out in the stand, but I know how how awesome sweet November is. Well, so. that you've got this cold front that's hanging over us here in late September. I mean it was thirty seven degrees this morning. Yeah. And uh, you know, last night would have been a great night to hunt. Tonight's a great night. And so the October cold front, you know, they're still they're still on food, so they're fairly predictable. And uh, they say hunt scrapes right now, but I'm yeah. kind of getting off topic here with, with the Talking Shed podcast. Right, right. Um, so, but yeah, the, the Farm Science Review, the, our, my favorite part is after the show. Yeah. Getting, get, getting to hang out with, yep. with Worley and, and Lee. That's, yeah. that's a heck of a lot of fun. Yep, absolutely. Where, uh, you know, the growth not only in the shop, but in sales and and uh you know we're hired we hired uh two new shop guys uh this week yep um so over the next couple weeks we're gonna have more shop guys uh you can never have too many quality guys in the shop that know equipment that work hard and uh and are are on the same team rowing the same boat the same direction so you know it wasn't long ago it was kind of just Mitch and I in the shop, or and, and Kurt, and mm-hmm. and now we've got, I think we have twenty three employees today. Yeah. Um, you know, how do uh, how do you see things in the next year as far as sales, and how are we going to get it all done? Um, you know, I, I think things are going to remain strong. The products that we sell is is what is going to really push us forward. There's some wheat right there. Yeah. Jeez, Pete. Wow. Um, how do you see things ma- mainly on the sales side? Um, sales side, I think here this fall are going to be pretty hot and heavy. Um, you know, guys are getting into their corn crop, getting into their bean crop, you know, didn't really know what they had and they're like, okay, well, it's time to spend some money. Um, as far as getting it all done, uh, <laughs> my phone will be busy as all get out you know i'm gonna be charging that thing a couple times a day so well um i think you and i are probably going to become service guys for a while yeah that's definitely going to happen we've done that in the past work in the shop put some uh tillage tools together yep uh which is fine that's kind of what we're doing today really right we went out and we did a couple small service calls to kind of keep uh the main shop guys up and running on some bigger projects um and so you and i kind of try to take the light loads off of them um so that we can do that um so yeah i think that's going to have to come into play from the sales side uh honestly you know september is always kind of slower for us yeah uh we don't do a lot with harvest equipment sure we do the utter devastator we do some tillage but july august september you got the guys that are planning early 
you know, yeah. buying things for 2023. Mm-hmm. But September is usually kind of slow. Um, but I yeah. think once these guys creep into these crops, see the yields, um, I think they're going to be making some moves on their farm with equipment trying to become more efficient. Yeah. And yeah. and I think, um, you know, equipment demand isn't getting any better. Uh, and no. I think um, this the next six months I think could be tighter than it ever has been because there's a lot of people that have kind of given up on trying to order early. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard to constantly be looking six months ahead and say, where are we at? What do we need to order? But it's something we do every day. Yeah. Yeah, it is. If you let that slip, it's going to come back and get you. And that's where we're at right now with BBI spreaders, I think a little bit, you know, we're, we thought we were good for a while and we were and then all of a sudden just like that we sold a bunch and and all of a sudden lead times are pushed out and uh so i i think that that's where we're going to be things are going to get tight again on equipment you know luckily we're sitting pretty decent but i agree i think sales uh from october through february march we're gonna have a lot of guys looking to improve uh their operation and and wanting to get get better and move forward yeah yeah between strip till and everything else i mean it's it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be hectic and like you said we're gonna be making our wives happy again by going out on the road and being service guys for a while yep well that's part of it you know we we keep the farmers up and running um but yeah we'll we'll find a way to get it all done um so for those of you that are super avid followers, uh, you know, I do an email blast every Friday morning and, uh, this podcast, if everything goes as planned tonight and the kids go to bed at the right time and I don't <laughs> fall asleep with them, um, I'm sending out the email blast tomorrow morning at 6am. I do it every Friday morning and, uh, this podcast will be uploaded and in it. If you're listening to the podcast, but you're not on the email blast, you need to call into the office and ask for Cassie, and she will get your email put on the list. Um, I try to keep it pretty, um, very educational, yep. um, pretty fun. I throw in plenty of YouTube videos, and it's just something that you can have in your inbox every Friday morning to open up and, and say, hey, you know, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, uh, we, we do an employee spotlight every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had we had Cody over here on the employee spotlight there a couple weeks back. Yeah. If you want to scroll through the archives and read about Cody, um, but yeah, there's uh, I don't know. It's it's a nice email blast. So I was going to throw that plug in there for for guys that want it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a customer that lives down in Kentucky that uh, he reads it every every Friday morning while he's eating breakfast at 6 a.m. So. Yep. I remember talking to him at the Louisville Farm Show. Yep. Yeah. So maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll listen to the podcast too. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't know. We enjoy doing the podcast. It's another inside view of Fennig equipment. Um, you know, we get enough hours on the road and hours together that you know we're always talking, having these conversations that we're having right now. How can we help the farmers? Do we have enough of this ordered? Uh, everything in between. We might as well record it. Yeah. And I enjoy listening to podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're 
avid deer hunters like we talked about earlier and uh you know we that's we listen to a lot of podcasts about deer hunting and stuff like that so and they get different people on and that's what we try to do and kind of do it the same way and it's a lot of fun so right adam's over here getting a rise out of simplicity well, I just saw Simplicity lawnmower sitting alongside the road. Yeah. Looked like a Sunstar. Yeah. If you're a Simplicity uh, gearhead, you'll know what a Sunstar is. Those yep. things are nice. Yeah. But, uh, yep. but no, um, I think we're going to wrap it up for right now. Um, my phone has rang about five times in the last ten minutes. Yep. Uh, and it's five 530, so I think there's probably some guys that need some parts maybe pushed out yet today or here soon. So, yep. Um, that's it for today's podcast. Cody and I are going to try to continue to do a better job of getting more podcasts out every day. We were kind of slacking. Well, that's Cody's job. So, oh, uh, yeah. So we'll do more and more of that. So thank you guys for tuning in, um, and uh, we look forward to the next one. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys.